Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. Hope that you're doing well here today on this Friday, March 3rd, 2023 lockdown blue devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of duke athletics what a big week it is for the blue devils as the regular season comes to a close tomorrow night when duke travels to chapel hill to take on the north carolina tar heels my buddy josh cox from duke football talks section 17 podcast joins me today to preview that game and reflect on it undefeated season inside Cameron Indoor Stadium this year. We'll do that on our show today. If you haven't followed or subscribed to Lockdown Blue Devils for free, wherever you get your podcast, I'd love for you to do that. Take a moment, leave us a five-star rating and written review. Your support of the program means the absolute world to us here at Lockdown Blue Devils. Also, make sure you go and subscribe to us on YouTube. We are continuing that climb towards 1,000 subscribers. That is a massive goal for us to hit here with Lockdown Blue Devils. And a really exciting update, thanks to your support, we have surpassed that 800 subscriber mark on YouTube. So let's continue the growth here of this program. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal Josh Cox, who joins us here on the program. Josh, it's good to see you as always. Here we are all of a sudden. March has arrived, and we're in the final week of the regular season. Yeah, the year's gone by quickly. Uh, John Shire's first season, and as you mentioned in the intro, uh, successful uh, season. And man, it's been been really well, re- been really good. And I feel like these guys are gelling, you know, at the right time. And so it's 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 this is what you prepare for all the way back in the summer, right? You're preparing for March, and here we are in March. So Absolutely. let's get it right. Best time of year for sure. Very excited to see how this uh, this season ends up for the Stoop team, that they're on this five-game winning streak. Should be six, given what happened in Charlottesville, uh, sending Filipowski to the free-throw line for a chance to win, if that would have happened. But nonetheless, five in a row is incredibly impressive, and they went unbeaten at home this season. Josh, what did you make of that? I mean, what a feat. It hasn't, hasn't happened since, what, 2014, or, I believe, or Correct. something like 2014. that? 2014, yep. Yeah, so that's that's a, an amazing feat, especially for John Shire in his first first year. And I do feel um, – I feel like – and, and I, I maybe overstate this, but I feel like Cameron was just – got back to like an old-school Cameron vibe this year, and it actually um, turned out to be a home-court advantage. I mean, let's face it, for the last few years – Cameron had not been a home court advantage. I mean, sometimes I felt better going on the road in some places than I did having them come into Cameron. And like, um, but but the energy was back this year. I mean, one of the oldest tricks in the bag that the Cameron Crazies do that that seems to still work, and I don't know why teams is when they do the early shot clock. You know, there's yeah. still there's eight seconds left on the shot clock, but they're like three, two, one, and those. <laughs> I mean, it, it it honestly affects one or two possessions every single game. Right. And like just little things like that, man. It was really it's really cool to see this the uh, energy back in that in that stadium. And then for Coach Shire, you know, to feel that love from the fans, uh, to know that Cameron was packed out and the student section was completely full nearly every game that the students were in town, obviously. Um, that has to be encouraging to him as a first year coach. 
uh, the fake shot clock is something that I hadn't thought about in quite some time because you're right, Cameron hasn't been this big staple over the last few seasons. And when you're watching a game on television, you can catch it from time to time, but certainly not every single time right. are you aware of the fact that those things are taking place. I think that's what makes the venue so great when you get to go there in person. You just take in way more than uh, the television can do. You, it's it's so it's an incredible TV product. That's why ESPN wants to go to Cameron anytime they possibly can. But there's just this other level of so many different things that you don't see when you're actually there in person. And you got to go quite a bit this season, Josh. Yeah, I mean, as you watch the games, uh, as you sit there in Cameron, you know, I'm not going to say that you know guys don't shoot free throws as well because of the funny things that crazies do. Cause now that's caught on, right? Everybody does crazy stuff behind the basket and, and whatnot. But I do think in those other ways, the countdown clocks and those things, I do feel like that there's a maybe three to four possession advantage uh, for Duke playing at home. And it has nothing to do with the officiating it has nothing to do with anything like that. Obviously. I mean, John Shire, has not gotten any kind right. of coach K treatment uh, when it comes to the officials. Um, but it does matter a little bit. And, you know, we, we might think it's not a big deal in the first half for a guy to rush a shot when there's still five seconds left on the shot clock, but that's a big deal. I mean, that's a potential three point possession that they come up empty on. And so like anytime the, the students can, and uh, the atmosphere can assist on something, man, you got to take it. And I think Cameron has been that way for Duke this year. It's a Friday episode of Locked On Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Let's talk a little bit more about the North Carolina game and things ahead for the Blue Devils after our first time out here on today's program. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. I wouldn't recommend anything else to anyone because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. This no-sweat first bet can be applied to the National Basketball Association. You have the time and the opportunity to bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-point shots strained, and so much more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back here to Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Sex and 17 podcast. Tell me a little bit about your coverage, Josh. Tell folks about the show. Yeah, so we're a football-forward uh, podcast. In fact, football only for Duke. Um, and so um, we cover the team as extensively as possible. And, in fact, this past week on Tuesday, we released an episode with co- uh, head coach Mike Elko. We were able to go and sit down with him in his office and have a really candid awesome. 30 minute conversation. So that's been really neat. That's that's if you go and find section 17 podcast, you can find that. And uh, he breaks down like his philosophy on two point conversions and extra points. And uh, we, we get him laughing about some stuff and he kind of lets his guard down some. And so that's part of the thing we try to do um, with our with our podcast. So if you uh, if you're interested in Duke football, uh, section 17 podcast, we'd love to have you come over, like, subscribe. All that good stuff. All that good jazz, indeed. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the Stuke basketball team right now. As 
they get set for the big game against North Carolina tomorrow and then the ACC tournament coming up next week there in Greensboro. If you're watching us on YouTube, again, hit that subscribe button. Mm -hmm. Really want you to be able to see the new episodes each and every day. But if you're watching on YouTube, you could see the ACC standings here in front of us with one game left to go. The best news possible, as we have discussed since the end of the NC State game, Duke in no way, shape, or form can finish any lower than fifth. They have secured a top five spot in the ACC, which we will certainly take. However, as we both know, Josh, we really want to see Duke end up in one of those top four spots so that they can get a uh, double bye into the quarterfinal. So they can finish as high as second, but no lower than fifth. Yeah, and let me give a shout-out to um, <clears throat> to my guy Adam Rowe uh, over at the Devil's Den. He has an article out, a VIP article, I believe, but he's posted some screenshots of the different scenarios of like what needs to happen in order for Duke to get a four, a three, and a two. So yeah. that two seed, as you mentioned, is still – is still there. Now it's going to take Louisville beating, I think, Virginia or something like that <laughs> in order for it to happen, which is, you know, uh, not, not, well, I don't, you never know. You never know. Um, but, you know, I think the most likely, and not trying to be pessimistic here, the most likely is that we stay in that five spot. I mean, I, I think for the scenarios to work out properly, um, but, you know, the double buy would be ideal selfishly because I'm only an hour from the venue. I'd be okay with us being the five seed. I could go to the Wednesday early session. The tickets are basically giving away cheap right now, and I can watch us play. Um, but anyway, I, I do believe we'll, we'll, you know, if I had to bet, the things are not going to fall our way because some upsets have to happen in order for us to move up. But all that to be said, with the way these teams are so close together, I mean, we're within like what one loss, yeah. two losses of each other, one loss I believe of each other. Um, yeah, I mean, what what a great job by John Shiner's first year. We could very easily, as you mentioned in your opener, with the Kyle Filipowski foul call at Virginia, we are up at the top with Miami right now. Um, yep. If that if that game happened, and once again, you can't play the what if game if you're a coach and you're part of the program. But we're not a coach and we're not part of the program, <laughs> so we can talk about that what if a little bit. But how cool would that be? We'd be sitting there, top two seed, um, you know, right now with Saturday's game meaning a whole lot, you know, uh, of us possibly winning the regular season, you know, have yeah. we gotten that? So A couple of those what-ifs is, I mean, obviously that Clemson game weighs heavy to Duke right now because they are uh, neck and neck right there with the Tigers. Uh, I think Duke would love to go back and have that Virginia Tech game in Blacksburg back in front of them. There are a few opportunities uh, that they would love to get a chance to do over, and you're right, the coaching staff is not going to discuss these things, but we certainly are. Yep. Well, and I mean, look, to take it all the way back, uh, the away game that I attended was back in December at Wake Forest. And we come and lay an egg at Wake Forest. And no Derek Lively, no Derek Whitehead that game. And we really looked discombobulated. And a team that we should have beat. I know I, I got a lot of respect for Appleby and, and things like that. I'm not hating on them, but we should have won that game. There's no, no way in the world we should not have won that game. And so every loss for Duke, other than like the blowout loss, uh, you know, that we experienced, what it was that Miami um, yeah. that just blew us out. Obviously, we were nowhere close in that game. These other losses, the state game, we got blown out. Other than those two, man, you look back at them, you're like, man, like this team, just one more win. If, if you would have been thinking about that in December, like this win could stand between us being fifth in the ACC and possibly winning the ACC this one game. Man, that's, that, that is, I guess that's the beauty of college basketball, right? Absolutely it is, no doubt about that. 
uh, we'll see what Duke can do coming up on Saturday when they yeah. take on North Carolina, and we'll see the impact that that has on the standings and so much more. Let's take one more break here on today's show. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting bar in the world. But uh, hey, if you're looking for a great treat that doesn't have all the calories and fat and all those things, well, you've got to take this opportunity to try Built Bar. Built Bar is actually tasty and it's something that you're going to love. 100% real chocolate, awesome flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and so much more. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Pretty awesome stuff that you can have when you make Built Bar a part of your life. Go visit Built.com to order online, or it's also now available on your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Again, Built Bar, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Continuing to move forward here on this Friday edition of the program, J.J. Jackson here alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Really excited for this game coming up tomorrow, brother, uh, when, when Duke gets set to take on North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Yeah, and this North Carolina team who a week ago we were saying probably they're not going to make the tournament, we can have to go, you know, whatever. Um, they were in kind of a, a decline. They've turned around and won the last couple of games look pretty good in doing it. Um, here we sit. You're really, I, you know, there's a chance if we beat them Saturday and then yeah. they lose in the first round of the ACC tournament, they they still could not make the tournament. So, like, to me, that's a little bit of added incentive here is, like, we, we could uh, begin that nail in the coffin for their NCAA <laughs> hopes this Saturday. But let's face it, a couple of things. We're going <clears throat> to Chapel Hill. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a great crowd there and, and, you know, it's going to be wild. And then you've got the final game for a guy like Armando Baycott at, <clears throat> at home. Yep. Um, that's going to be something, you know, that obviously he's going to be prepared for. And we know the potential that Baycott has to take over a game. Now, we also know that Derek Lively played an incredibly uh, strategic defensive game <clears throat> Excuse me, against him when we were in Durham. Um, but that's something we have to look at, you know, leaky black senior season and, and for all intents and purposes, oh, RJ Davis, I believe as well. I mean, they got a lot of seniors on this team. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be ready, man. And so like, you know, I know we beat them at home. Uh, like I said, I know they have their struggles. I get it. Um, but similar to the NC state game, a guy like Turquavion Smith, uh, to me, you can compare him a lot with Caleb love mm-hmm. and you know, they're high volume shooters. Their percentages aren't great. But if they get off and they get going, they're streaky. And if Caleb Love has one of those games, man, he's impossible to guard when he's hitting. So, like, I don't know, man. I I, I definitely would stay away from this game if I was a, a betting man. Um, but man, it's another game in the rivalry. And who's yeah. gonna who's gonna be next, right? Who's gonna be the next Duke guy? to have that incredible game and lead us to a victory. For sure. It was A.J. Griffin last year, if yep. you'll recall, uh, with the big game in Chapel Hill when Duke was able to win in Coach K's uh, final game there at the Dean Smith Center. Um, Armando Baycott, you're right, he's going to get his flowers and well-deserved as he goes into the Dean Dome for what many believe will be the final time. I say that, of course. Who knows? Because he's got a COVID-19 year of eligibility, yep. like Leaky Black, right? Leaky went through senior day last year and then utilized another year of eligibility. I, I do I want to say RJ Davis and Caleb Love are both juniors. Juniors. I think I think you're right on that. And, I think you're right. And uh, <laughs> so we'll see those guys potentially back 
for another season. But nonetheless, it's always those guard matchups, right? And yeah. as much as, as R.J. Davis and Caleb Love mean to uh, the UNC success, let's have another big Jeremy Roach game because he yeah. really kind of was pivotal in that win inside Cameron. Earlier in the week, he had his fifth 20-point game of the season. And then Tyrese Proctor coming along as well. Duke's guard play. Yeah, for sure. And, and what I like, and I was questioning John a little bit in the NC State game as to why uh, Proctor did not switch over onto Joyner because Joyner was having an incredible game for NC State. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, I think we understand this, especially with Carolina. The matchup is, is Jeremy Roach guarding R.J. Davis. I mean, they are very similar body type. That is the matchup, which then allows Proctor to really focus his attention on Caleb Love. Yeah, And I love that. I, yeah. Tyrese Proctor guarding whoever the best one or two <laughs> guard is on the team is, is – I'll take Tyrese Proctor yeah. every time, right? <laughs> like, uh, that kid has really, really improved throughout the season. So, I do think that's the matchup. You know, obviously, there is going to be the lively Baycott matchup that I think, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep our eye on. But those guards, let's face it, if R.J. Davis and or Caleb Love go off and have – you know, if Caleb Love drops 25-plus – yeah. Saturday night. It's going to be difficult for Duke to win the basketball game. And so I, I agree with you, JJ. We we need to keep our eyes on that that lead guard, the one and two guards for Carolina and for Duke and just see how that matchup plays out. Offensively, what do you think we can get out of Tyrese Proctor? Because, man, he's really turned a corner late here in the season. What do you think we can get out of Proctor? Well, he has. It, it, and really, you know, UNC defends pretty decently on the wing. And we've, you know, I've always kind of had a running joke that UNC teams don't defend. I, I actually, I can't say that anymore. Like they do defend well. Um, I love the way Tyrese pushes the ball. And he is now pushing the ball. Now he had some turnovers in the NC State game, but he's pushing the ball and he's seemingly more under control, uh, which I think really, you know, helps him and helps us. Yeah. But what I like about Tyrese is, is, you know, Jeremy's our end of the shot clock guy. He turns into like Chris Paul, evidently, in the last five <laughs> seconds of the shot clock. But Tyrese, if we have to get a bucket and we have to get a shot off, he can get his shot off, period. Right. Like that step back game he's got, um, while this shooting percentages are not quite there yet, um, his step back game is is definitely something um, you know that Carolina's got to be aware of. And then he's running the show now. I mean, there are times, obviously, where he brings the ball up and gives it off to Jeremy, and and Jeremy, you know, leads the offense. But that's that's not that's maybe ten percent of the time. This is Tyrese Proctor's ball. This is his team right now, as far as functioning on the court. Amen. And man, I I think his his shot has started to fall from three a little bit more, a little bit more consistently. And I really, I mean, if he can give us twelve to fifteen points in this game Saturday, I believe Duke comes away with the win. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Proctor get going offensively because when he's on, Duke has played really well. Same can be said for for Mark Mitchell, and we've talked a lot about Mark Mitchell and his impact uh, throughout the season. But, man, I'm just such a big fan of of, uh, what Tyrese has been doing as of late. Speaking of this team and making impacts on a game like this, a big rivalry game, John Shire's first game as the head coach for Duke in the Dean Smith Center. I'm curious, though, Josh, when you take a look at the Duke rotation – uh, the bench has really got cut down. It's it's mm-hmm. eight guys over the last few games, and it's been a five-game winning streak. So I think the mindset is if it's not broke, don't fix it. And it looks as though it probably will be eight moving forward with Jalen Blakes obviously yeah. uh, now out of the rotation. Is that what you think? Yeah, I believe so. And I, I think the only – because here's the thing. If, if for some reason Jeremy or Tyrese – not really going to be Tyrese, but let's just be honest. If, if Jeremy – is struggling on his guy, 
they're going to bring in Whitehead, who is right. a great defender and who's six six or whatever, <laughs> like he's bigger, or Grandison. And Grandison's right. also a great defender. And so I don't know, and and I I love Jalen Blakes. Like I think Jalen Blakes is a great dude. I've actually been able to interact with him personally. So I'm like, he's an awesome guy. I don't know what the way this roster is constructed. I'm not sure what the reasoning would be for John to play him um, in these games other than I want a spark, right? Like I brought Grant Jake in and he got blown by as well. And he took two bad threes and you know what I mean? Uh, Jeremy went and guarding him well. And now Tyrese is in foul trouble. Mark Mitchell's in foul trouble. I got Whitehead out. I've got to go with somebody. I can see that, but I don't know that we'll see Jalen Blake's in meaningful minutes unless it is like, hey, we are really struggling and we just need a spark plug. Right. A guy that's going to pick up full court and annoy the mess out of, you know, they're going to Jose Alvarado somebody, yeah. you know, with Jalen Blake. So, because, you know, I think the size is also important yeah. too, right? And, and Roach is obviously the one knock against him that's always going to be present, always. Nothing you could do about it. He is a smaller guard. Yep. Uh, and, and so Jalen Blake's listed on the Duke roster at 6'2. Both Grandison and White, Whitehead, as you mentioned, they're both listed at six foot six. Yeah. So those are bigger wing body defenders that you could put out there. Yeah. And like I said, I think both Jalen uh, Blakes and Jaden shoot. I mean, let, let's be honest. If they do get called upon, yeah. you know, I think they're capable, right. <clears throat> very capable of of performing whatever the role the coach Shire has for them. Um, you know, we've seen it in the past. If Duke makes a deep run, happens to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament or even in the ACC tournament. More than likely, one of those two guys is probably in some scenario going to get called upon. Is going to have to step up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just the way it is. I mean, we're playing a lot of games and, and those types of things. And so, you know, obviously they need, they're going to stay engaged. But I think the normal game for Duke from here on out is going to be that eight-man rotation. I love it. All right, Josh, big one coming up tomorrow, Duke yep. and UNC. Final thoughts. You feeling pretty good about it? Final thoughts. I am feeling very good about the game. Um I know that Carolina fans invaded Cameron for um, for college game day. I could care less about college game day. So, like, I, there's some Duke fans rumbling on Twitter talking about make sure we we have some Duke fans that show up at the Dean Dome for college game day. I'm like, man, forget that mess. <laughs> I am not doing that. That college game day, is, that's an overrated thing. Um, <laughs> I do want to give a shout-out, kind of unrelated to Duke Carolina, but very related to Duke. Shout-out to our guy Trevor Keels, who Wednesday night scored his first NBA Bucket hit a three. Love it. Uh, the Knicks are playing incredible basketball right now. RJ Barrett, shout out RJ. <laughs> um, but Trevor Kills got in at the end of the game. They were as a big win for the Knicks. He got in and hit a three for his first NBA points. And so I know that's a guy that Duke fans have we kind of really wished was still in in, in the Duke uniform hey, this year, yeah. and we've kind of questioned his decision. But he did. He is on that roster, and he did get in and get his first point scored. So, yeah. little shout out to Trevor Keels. I love that. Shout out to Trevor Keels, indeed. All right, man. Let's uh, let's go get a win this weekend, and then uh, I'll talk to you next week as we preview the ACC tournament. All right, man. Go Duke. That is Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section Seventeen Podcast joining us here on the program today, and that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for always watching and listening to Locked On Blue Devils. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.